that was the objective. That was the goal is that we're going to score a touchdown. And that makes it more attainable, more, I can realize that. I can yeah, they figure call it out what pay dirt. When you're in the end zone, it's pay dirt. Okay, there you, the go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. That's where you make your money because you're scoring points. Right. Or for you, Jim, it could be when you finish that bottle of wine by yourself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was a goal. Yes. Now you're going to sleep great for an hour. Yeah, for an, <laughs> just for an hour. My goal this year is to finish one bottle of wine a day. <laughs> and Jim, that is a very attainable goal. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you're connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jim Carr and Nick Golner. So guys, we're going to talk about goal setting this year and particularly annual goals. Oh no, not another goal no, setting. But this, but, another but Jim, goal setting podcast? No, no, no. This is not oh, another no. goal. Here we go. This is not another goal setting podcast because this is not a regurgitation of what we've already done before, which if you're interested, we do have a lot of episodes on like the tactics behind goal setting. Yes. Or forecasting. About, yep. But we're going to talk about this a little bit differently. We're going to talk about the philosophical side of goal setting, like why to do goal setting. I think it's going to be impactful. So Ooh. have you guys figured out your annual goals this year? No, I, I'm doing that on this Saturday. You're doing this Saturday? Yes. Okay. How about you? Nick? Yeah. So we, I mean, I did a whole show on the, on the forecasting process and, and how we arrive at our targets for okay. each region and for each business group. But, but I don't just mean budget. Yeah. But I was just going to say like, those are all kind of like monetary goals. And, and I suppose you're talking corporate. Yeah, no, well, I no a- I'm not. I'm actually talking everything. I'm talking personal and professional. I don't. Goal I don't setting. have any personal goal setting. Really? No. Well, it shows. What? Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you have not improved, Jim. So yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Most of my goals are commercial goals because I lead a sales and marketing team. So yep. they're like what numbers we want to hit or what numbers we want to improve. But yeah, I guess just me as a person, I always want to get better and better. Like, I want to yeah. document. Okay, I want to achieve this type. This dude, I've been doing this be every year for a long time. You and I have talked about this. So, Jim, it's kind of funny because I was like, we should go and go to a class where we can learn better speaking skills. And you're like, I'm already the best. I don't need to learn anything. <laughs> well, so, I am pretty good. You and I have, so, <laughs> well, you and I have very different outlooks on life. And, like, yeah, I want to set personal goals so I can get better as a person. And maybe you're just already amazing. And you don't need to get any well, better. I, but I, I feel like I have a lot of improvement to make okay. to myself. Well, I would agree. Uh, so <laughs> I think there's a big difference between, and I talked to you about this when you brought up the, yeah, you the, know, the everyone wants to lose five pounds and go to the gym no, more I don't and do all that. that. No, I mean, here's what on. I was getting at. Yeah. So like the preparing to speak in front of people, speaking in front of an, a live audience is the most nerve wracking thing where you probably need the most practice and preparation. And then beneath that is like recording yourself on video. Yeah. And then beneath right. that is recording yourself on a podcast. Audio, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then beneath that is just like writing and yes, putting yourself yeah, out there on social media. At the height of COVID, I was sending out video messages to my team that I was recording on my phone. I was posting to YouTube as like private messages. And they weren't that great. But I mean, like they were intended to be great. So yeah, I could definitely use some practice and some training, even though Jim, you know, he's amazing. He's perfect. You know what they call (laughs) that, Jim, when you're perfect? What's that? They call it holy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that's what you're asserting yourself I'm surprised yourself you as. haven't seen my halo. <laughs> you know? right, let's move on. So in this episode of Making Chips, we're going to discuss annual goals, but this is not going to be tips and tricks. This is going to be what goals do for you, in particular, what annual goals do for you. So before we get there, tell me something great that's going on with you guys. And before you go there, let me just tell you something great that just happened to me. I just okay. got back from you vacation. 
<laughs> yeah, I just got back from vacation. I was uh, in Mexico for a week with my family. It was amazing. We had a great time. Lots of awesome. So good. you were there on? Were you there on really Christmas, Christmas Day? Day. Yeah. yeah, which was kind of bittersweet for me because I see a lot of like. I don't know, is, is liturgy the right word? Like the kind of the practice of your faith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of took away from that. Sure. That I didn't like about it, but it was nice to be I've on the beach and the pool. I've always thought about people who live in tropical climates and like, how does Christmas feel the same when there's not, you know, that traditional Christmas like snow and cold? And yeah, I don't a, know That's a I northern that. thing to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, because I get into that too. I get into yeah. the feel of Christmas and the right. Christmas spirit and all that. But. Yeah, that's more of the feel of Santa Claus. <laughs> sure. I love Santa. I'm a Santa guy. How about you, Jim? I'm actually looking forward to our annual meeting on this Saturday. We have some goals that, so it's kind of ironic that you picked this podcast episode Mm -hmm. for this week going into our annual meeting on Saturday where we're going to set goals, but I'm looking forward to that. We've got some really lofty goals that we'd like to set forth for this year. And I think all systems are go. I think, I, I don't think there's any reason why we can't hit them. Whatever they are. And when I talk about goal setting, as I'm going to talk about in in this context, it's more about like you setting goals yourself. I feel like corporate goals are one thing. And and to me, that's a different discussion. It's kind of related, but it's a different discussion than what we're going to have today. Because for me, like I said, I'm going to set as many personal goals as I'm going to set professional goals. Sure. Um, Let me tell you what's going on great with me. And it's... it's I thought you already did. No, I didn't. I just talked about Christmas spirit for a second. But whatever. Go ahead. Who cares, right? No, please. No, so it's actually my brother has a non-business related goal and he proposed to his girlfriend and she said yes and they're getting married. Oh, that, is that Alex oh, or so, is yeah. that Noah? Alex. Okay, Noah's cool. been married. Noah's yeah, married that's what I thought, kids. but I thought I'd better Alex ask. Alex is getting married for the first time Good. to a nice girl and uh, we're, we're working on planning his like kind of like bachelor party golf outing cool. thing. So. Sounds that like sounds fun. like fun. Congrats, that Alex. Fun. Yeah. Good. So let's talk about the manufacturing news. This article is from Industry Week, which is a very popular online magazine for our industry, our our broader industry, I guess, if you were talking about industry. And it says, Outlook 2022, employee flexibility becomes key to survival. So two points that I want to just kind of talk about. The first one I thought was interesting is that it talks about one of the keys being walking the walk. So you have to do more than just like identify the problems at your company. You need to actually take action in order to resolve those things. So you can't just say, well, I care about my people. And then your people leave because they're like, well, they don't do anything. They don't mm-hmm. care about us. You know, so it's about walking the walk or talking the talk, as a lot of people say. And I agree that that's incredibly important. It's, if you're going to say that something is important, like be clear that you're not going to do anything about it rather than talk about it as being important and then not do anything about it. And your people are going to just be frustrated that nothing changes. Sure. The second one is flexibility for the future. And I'm going to read this quote from this article. It says, manufacturing leaders have to be more flexible than ever before, which is especially challenging in an industry where reliability and consistency are paramount. In addition, manufacturing workers have to come to work. There's... Yes, that's very true. I was waiting to hear that. We need both of those things. Because we've had this discussion before where everyone wants to work remotely. No one wants to come in anymore. Everyone wants to work. Everyone wants flex. Everyone wants to have And they're going on. The thing is, our industry is we make stuff, right? Yeah. Working from home is not an option for most plant facilities. I'm going on to quote this article again. Creative solutions to shift schedules 
reconfiguring workspaces and revamping supply chains have dominated the hearts and minds of many manufacturing leaders. Where does that leave them? In my opinion, it leaves them even more prepared for what the future may bring. The pandemic was the great reset of how work is performed across all industries. My hope is that this has accelerated manufacturing's evolution into the next era of how work is done in a way that serves this industry for years to come. So what I think they're trying to say is we need to start thinking about flexibility. And we need to start thinking about flexibility even in areas where maybe you don't even think that there's an opportunity for flexible. But yes, I agree, Jim. Like manufacturing workers have to come to work. It's paramount. So how do we be more flexible? Well, think about in a something. manufacturing environment. Think about okay, so an example. It used to be that I mean, I can for, be flexible with my Jim, sales listen, manager. Like I, it, I know, I know. It used to be like in an industry like taxi cab driving where you just had your taxi cabs and if they didn't come to work, you didn't have a taxi that you could take from the airport home. Well, now what do we have? Uber, we have Uber, Lyft. Lyft all yeah. So we just have random people jumping in cars and driving you around. Well, could something like that impact the manufacturing industry? Maybe. I don't know. Could robots impact it? Maybe. You know, I don't know. Like, let's just think outside of the box. I think a one of the bit. things that happened was like there's this pendulum swing where it was like, mm -hmm. I remember trying to explain like, hey, we could do a web conference meeting and people are like, what? I don't know how to use my camera. I don't know how to use my microphone. So now it's like, okay, no, we've accelerated. Like, It's really enabled a lot of things for sales. We did some episodes when the pandemic first started about, hey, there's new ways to connect with customers and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good to it. But now the pendulum swung way too far in the other direction where it's like people don't even want to go meet face-to-face -face anymore and shake hands. And they think, oh, I can just Zoom all day and sit on my couch in my underwear. And the president of Advanced and I were sitting there talking about it. Like, we got to bring that back and have in-person meeting where there's real healthy conflict and we're working through real issues because it's way too many Zoom meetings. So I think one of the biggest I things agree. as far as this, as this goes is you have to have these discussions. So you have a discussion about flexibility, have a discussion about making sure that you take action on the things that are important to the people who work for you. Sure. For me, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing. Have these discussions. Don't just be like, wow, this is never going to happen in our industry. Or don't do anything about how your people are feeling about your jobs because you can lose them because of it. So it's just important to have the discussions. Go to your people and ask them for ideas. Like, what do we do about when somebody gets COVID and gets sick? You know what I mean? Like, they might have better ideas than you have. Sure, you know? sure. I heard uh, at this conference I was at, the Manufacturing Forecast, or what do they call it? MT Forecast. MT Forecast. Yeah. Uh, there's this guy, Olaf, I was talking to while we had lunch, and he may end up being a guest on the podcast, but he said something like, for me, I didn't want to make a lot of these adjustments, but it was either make the adjustment or you're going to be adjusted anyway. And so it's like, let's at least Very be true. able to kind of guide the narrative and pivot in a way where you have some control and influence on how you're being adjusted or else it's just going to The economy is going to move past you if you don't make those adjustments. Right. On. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's move to the episode and talk about what annual goals do for you. And like I said before, this is more of like a philosophical discussion. What I'm trying to do here is to motivate you to actually sit down and say, mm -hmm. okay, I need to figure out my annual goals. And, you know, to a large extent, I need to figure out how to set annual goals, not only professionally, like a budget or just any other kind of rocks that you do, but sit down and say, well, what can I do for myself personally too? Because I think that all those things are very, very important. So this is not tips or tricks. We do have that on makingchips.com. So if you search for goals, you'll probably find several episodes where we do talk about those tips and tricks and forecasting and, and everything like that. So this so, would be more of an episode you would send to someone who doesn't set goals or 
to encourage yourself to set goals and give you more of the why, like, yeah, okay, make sure you do this. I even need the same motivation every year because I mean, like, to a certain extent, it becomes, well, do I really need to accomplish more? Well, yes, you do. You know sure. what I mean? And there's there's some very good reasons why. So the first reason, and I think that this is the really important one, is that it setting new goals for the year helps you to close out the year. And I think that this is really important. You know, they talk about the term closure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think closure is an important thing. Like we need to get closure on 2021. And one of the ways that you can get closure on the year is not only to say, to like go out and print out your income statement and say, okay, this is how much money I won or I, I made or lost this year, but also to say, okay, well, let's review the goals that I either accomplished or the goals that I didn't accomplish and say, okay, I'm closing out this chapter, this book in my life, and I'm closing out the year and I'm setting new goals for the year. I'm not going to get down on myself and say, oh, you're such a loser. You only hit six out of eight of your goals and you didn't hit those last two. You're a failure or you're a B. Like, no, no, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. It's what did you say? Like a B? A B, yeah. Or if you were to grade yourself, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So it's like the not idea. the B word, Jim. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, Jim, you no. are such a B. Dude. No, like you grade yourself like a B. You know what I mean? So like, it's a way to close out the year and say, okay, do I really need this goal that I missed for next year or do I just, I'm done with it? Yeah. I didn't make it. Oh, well. Maybe I it's having it less goals. Right. You know, That's and just making sure they're goals that you can actually achieve. Exactly. Okay. After you're done, I'm going to like throw a monkey wrench into all this. Okee, okay, that's fine. Because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So the second one is that contemplating goals lets you know how many opportunities that you have. I think that one of the things that we really should count our blessings for is there's a ton of opportunities out there. There's way more opportunities, I believe, than what we even have the ability to be able to go after. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. So my end of the year reviews sound kind of similar every year because Tiger doesn't really change his stripes all the way. So I'm trying to get better. But it's a lot of uh, stop starting and start finishing. You're a visionary guy, Nick. You know, here's what they say to me. You're a visionary guy. You've got a lot of great ideas. We need that energy in the company. But too many things like people get new initiative fatigue and you got to see it all the way through. Oh, for sure. I'd rather have three or four really big goals that I know I'm going to accomplish than 10 where like... I might only get two or three of them done and they're kind of half-assed. And some some people are better at executing goals than others too, right? Well, I mean, that's very true because like I'm on the same page as Nick, like Jason and Nick are visionaries. Jim's an integrator. So Jim, it's better for me to hand my goal to you and say, Jim, can you Right, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's the whole way making chips got off the ground. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Like you're right, Nick. So the second one is that there's that many goals. I'm never going to accomplish that many goals. It's just not feasible for us. But we can throw... 20 goals out there and be like, hey, does anybody want one of these? You know? Yeah. And, and I don't know that we're totally aligned with, okay, hand the goal off for someone no, else to I'm accomplish. I'm it's an option. But yeah, like you, I need, I mean, when you lead a team, you need people to help you hit your goals. Yeah. So not very many of my goals are things that I control the outcome of myself. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that's a big thing is like count the number of opportunities you have. And I think even in like a robust economy like we have right now, there's a lot of opportunities, but I would argue that there's a lot of opportunities during a down economy too. There's just a lot of opportunities. Different opportunities. Different opportunities. You know, we live in a era of abundance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not in an era of scarcity. In a country. In a country where there's a lot of opportunities. Exactly. The third thing is creating goals forces you to, to decide what is important. So you look at all these goals that you have, all these opportunities that you have, and you say, okay, of all these things, like you said, Nick, like, yeah, this is a good I've got one. 10 things. Well, what's most important? Which of these three is most important? Oh, you're always prioritizing. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. prioritize. Yeah. You know, you cannot get everything done. Yeah, strategy is more about deciding what you're not going to do than all mm-hmm. the things that you could do. Yeah, and there's something relieving when you look at your goals and you say, okay, well, these three things are the most important and I'm not going to do these. Sure. Number four, 
goals give you gratitude for the abundance of opportunities. So this is a little bit different. The other one is you're kind of counting your goals, but to actually sit down and to say, you know what, I feel gratitude for the abundance of opportunities that you have, I think is a good way to start the year and really say, you know what, this is going to be a great year. No matter what is thrown in our face, I have a lot of gratitude for all of these opportunities that I have. Yeah, because goals give you purpose. Yeah. So, and when people don't have purpose, they're usually miserable and depressed. Talk to someone who's depressed. They always feel like they don't have purpose. Right. It's very true. Yeah. There's something to be said about the whole depression and feeling good. I'm not like a doctor, so don't, you know, like take this as like advice or anything like that. But people aren't necessarily happy because they have like all this wealth or all these things. People are typically happy because they're making progress. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing in life that makes people happy is like if you have $10 to your name and you're able to put $1,000 in the bank account, that's going to make you really happy. You're not going to be unhappy because you don't have a million dollars in the bank account. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's all about progress. And they even did some studies. I think it was during World War II and during the time where a lot of people were in the, the Nazi concentration camps. A lot of the people that survived, they survived because they had hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that didn't survive, they didn't think that they were going to get out of there. So it's all about right. that progress already, that you can make. They already set themselves up for failure once they went in the camps. Well, they didn't see any kind of like future or any kind of progress right. that they could made. And a lot not of times, that like it, you said, Nick, not just counting or relying on fate to happen. Yeah. You have to will yourself almost to get out of that situation. Yeah. And a lot of that goes from like leadership. So like I would say the people that are most successful are the people that believe that they can make progress and they Absolutely. can be successful. Absolutely. I have to tell a little sidebar here just because it's so relevant, but I visited my 90-year-old grandfather over the weekend because he makes his own bread. He grinds his own flour. He makes his own bread, and it's this awesome German bread. And so I took my kids and my wife, and we sat and hung out with him, and he was telling stories. And in one of the stories, he was talking about his time in a concentration camp and how his stepfather had to like bring him bread through a fence so that oh like, God, they had food man. to eat. Yeah. So you talk about wow. opportunity yeah, and exactly. what we live in now and having purpose yeah. and having hope. And it's like so relevant because I just last weekend was with yeah. a guy who I'd love like, to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, that would be amazing. But Jim, you, you said you had something to add to. Well, I think one thing that I utilize in goal setting, the monkey wrench thing, I guess I'm just going to, I don't believe no, we need. I'm halfway through, so it's a good point. Jim. I don't believe we need dates to set goals. I mean, why can't it be Valentine's Day to start goal setting? I mean, well, I it just, doesn't have no, it no, doesn't have to be the beginning or the end of the year. However, do whatever works for you. It's just like do whatever works for you. Have different fiscal years. And want right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And what's been very effective for me, Jim Carr, is because I'm visual. I have this innate ability to envision myself doing something which is typically a goal, and I see myself doing it. And then I act on that vision to get there exactly as I see it in my head. It's really kind of weird. Um, it's very visionary thinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did it when we built our home in 1995. I could see the house. I could see it. I could see the floor plan. I could see everything inside it. And I'll be damned, in three months, we custom built a house. Right. And I saw it in Elk Grove. I saw this new building. I actually saw it in my head and I could visual, I could feel it. Yeah. And when you have something that's that, it's not, you want to realize the vision. You want to make it physical, but because what you could do is once you build that vision in your head, you constantly go back into that world and then just start creating from that. But don't you think it's important to put some sort of time stamp? Like some, you know, they say make a goal time bound. Right. Oh, you have to. The reason most people fail is they never get started. They create the vision in their head 
and then they never execute. That's the problem. Someday I'm going to do this. Someday it's like, yeah, start some, today then. No, I'm going to do it. And this is the plan. This is the roadmap. This is how I envision it in my head. And you just have to take a leap of faith and freaking do it. Right. I said that we weren't going to talk about any kind of like tips or tricks, but actually, since you mentioned okay, it, you can I have the rules. I have like this a little, is your show. Yeah, I have a little bit of a tip or trick. So like one of the ways in order to make sure that you do get started is usually when you have a goal, it's like a project. It's complex. There's a lot of components to it. There's a lot of steps. And I would say one of the things that most people don't do is that they don't sit down and look at their goal and say, okay, I'm going to break this down into the next 10 steps that I need to do every single week over the next 10 weeks. People don't do that usually. But one of the things that you can do in order to force yourself to get started is say, okay, I'm going to create the next step, the first step, and it's, I'm going to make it really easy. And I'm going to take that step. It's kind of like if you want to start working out, you know what's the easiest way to start working out? Go work out. No, no. <laughs> Lay out your clothes to work out. The there you go. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what I, I like mean? Don't That's even like one. go to the gym. Just like lay out your clothes <laughs> and put them on. Sure. And then the next day, lay out your clothes, put them on, and then go to the gym. You know what I mean? And work <laughs> well, out for five minutes. If you put minutes. them on and you don't work no, out, listen. it's going to feel super weird. And then work out for five minutes. And then the next day, lay out your clothes, go to the gym, and work out for 10 minutes. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's all about that progress sure. that you can make. I always sure. say burning some kind of calories is better than burning zero calories. Oh, absolutely. Calories. There's no excuse. Like, Jim, our, I remember our friend, Ken Gladish, he always talked about like he, he does it for health reason. He works out twice a day. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, if he works out twice a day, there's no reason why I can't work out twice a day or at least every day. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, there you there's no excuses for uh, for doing that. But I want to go back to what you were talking about, like the vision and the year. So for me, it's very important for me to close these things out on calendar years. And I would say for most people, it is. I would agree. And because it brings a level of structure and a framework to putting your goals together. Sure. So if you don't like that, that's fine. Do right. it your way. But I would say for most people, they like that framework of the way a calendar works. I'm just saying, in order don't get it caught up in. Don't, I agree. You know, that. forcing yourself because if you you could be in a complete mess right now at the end of the year, you know, there could be death in the family. There could be. All oh, these, I had a mess. I had a mess at my end of the year yeah, too, and it so, completely I mean, screwed me up. Who cares if you start two weeks later? Yeah. But just start. Don't create the vision. Well, create the goal. Here, write it down and do it. Here's the thing about manufacturing. It's like dieting, exercising. If I was in retail, I probably would not be setting up goals at the end of the year because you're busy. But manufacturing typically, typically. is not busy at the end of the year. So that's why for me, it's a good time for me to actually sit down and go through those goals because I'm not as busy. Yeah, as December always kind of slows down for us a little bit too. Exactly. So let me get back on track. So number five, and again, this is going to sound similar, but it's a little bit different in the nuance. Goals keep you focused on what is important. So I want to like emphasize that word focus because what I'm talking about is we already talked about that goals force you to decide what is important, but setting up these annual goals force you to focus on what is important throughout the year. So if you have people that are trying to get you to do certain things, or if you have that shiny object or that distraction where you're like, oh, I really want to do that. But you're like, no, I set this goal up. And if I start going along that track, I'm going to stay. I'm not going to hit the goal that I already established for myself at the beginning of the year. Number six, and this is kind of like a little bit more tactical, goals allow you to say no. So you can say no to those things that, sure that don't keep you focused. Yep. And I think that that's mm -hmm. very important. If somebody calls you up and they're like, you know, I want to set a meeting up for you. You don't want to lie, but you can put on your calendar that you're working on your goal. You're like, no, sorry, I already have a meeting sure, at that yeah. time. That doesn't get me towards one of my goals and it's time that I could be spending towards one of my goals. So no, 100%. Yeah. Or you could say it that way. Absolutely. 
but that's kind of like a rude way to answer the question. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, hey, can I do like that. Actually, you know what? Spending time with you does not bring me towards my goals. So no. <laughs> you could use it as a teachable moment for that person. <laughs> They'd be like, man, this guy's mean. <laughs> uh, number seven, goals let you know whether you have won at the end of the year. And I like this one a lot because yeah. it's like, you know, it kind of goes back to that whole grading thing. I mean, like, did I win? If I set these eight things up as my goal and I, you know, six of these are for professional and two of these are for personal or maybe it's four and four. Mm-hmm. If I hit these goals, I've won. If I ha- haven't hit these goals, Super valuable. I need to reevaluate how I do things and what I consider a win. You know, we were all athletes, me, my whole family. And it's like, you know the rules of the game when you play yep. a soccer game and when you're in a wrestling match, you know how to score points. You know how to beat the other guy. So it's like yep. every person wants that in business and, or in life. is like, okay, what game am I playing? What are the rules and how do you win? Yep. And so we were talking about end of year compensation and we have different roles where there's salary and bonus and commission and stuff like that. And my brother and I, he's the president of Hennig. We were like, you know, it's really important that everyone knows here's the rules of the game. Here's how you win. Here's how you make the most possible bonus. Yep. And so that's something we're always constantly working on because it's challenging to do that. Again, this comes back to more like monetary goals a little bit, but it's challenging to say, to attach goals to compensation and put kind of rules in place and make sure that they don't get out of hand either too far in favor of like the employee getting overcompensated for something or you're always or fighting ne- lack of balance. clarity and they don't know yes. exactly how to perform. I'm something. always dealing with that, trying to balance fairness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's too tough. much, too little. And yeah. why do we go? I mean, we're so motivated by how we're compensated. We're all going to work to make a paycheck. That's a big part of it. Well, one of the things that I like is when you set up your annual goals, I like to think about it in terms of also personal goals. And it doesn't have to be about just making money or sure. hitting a budget or being a sales goal or, or whatever it is. And that's one of the things that I like about it. It's like you can hit those things independent of that goal. It almost becomes that whole notion of like leading versus lagging indicators. So like your goals become the leading indicator that maybe in a lot of contexts would help you hit that lag, that lagging indicator. Which is more of, of like a profit goal, goal or sales exactly. goal. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Sure. One of the things when I was explaining this whole concept to my team, I had a PowerPoint presentation. This goes back to one of you guys that said, and I had these two different pictures. So one picture when you don't set up your goals was a person running. It was a runner and that person was running along the street and it was a desert and you could see the sun in the distance and you could see the horizon, but there was no end to it. Okay. And that person was just running and it was trying to give you the vision of Somebody that was running and working and trying hard and sweating it out is probably 100 degrees in this picture, but they didn't have anything that they were trying to go towards. No destination, yeah. Yeah, no destination. And then the other picture was, I think it was a picture of either Walter Payton or William the Refrigerator Perry, like scoring a touchdown. And it's like, that was the objective. That was the goal is that we're going to score a touchdown. And that makes it more attainable, more, I can realize that. I can yeah, they figure call out it pay dirt. Is. When you're in the end zone, it's pay dirt. Okay, there you, the <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. That's where you make your money because you're scoring points. Right. Or for you, Jim, it could be when you finish that bottle of wine by yourself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was a goal. Yes. Now you're going to sleep great for an hour. Yeah, for an, just for an hour. <laughs> My goal this year is to finish one bottle of wine a day. <laughs> and Jim, that is a very attainable goal. Yes. Okay, uh, number eight. Annual goals set you up for the next three to five years. So what I mean by that is, hopefully, your annual goals are setting you up to a bigger picture for yourself over a longer time horizon. So like, when I'm thinking about like from a vision standpoint, I don't start out with where I want to be in one year. I start off with where do I want to be in three years or five years? 
And then I need to break that down into a one-year goal. Mm-hmm. So the thing I like about working on your annual goals is it's moving me towards whatever my vision is for the next three to five sure. years. Yeah. So like, here's a good example. On the personal side, so I have some goals for what I want my marriage to look like in the next three to five years. Now that I have my youngest is going to be four in the beginning of this year. And so we're kind of getting out of that baby phase. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do I want this relationship to look like in the next three to five years? And so then I need to figure out, okay, how if I break that down into this next year, I don't want to be too overly aggressive with what we can and cannot do. What does it look like that we can do this year? And how do I break that down? And you can obviously, that could be, I want to use a personal example because it's a little bit more hard for people to contemplate, but obviously setting that up in a corporate example is going to be a little bit easier. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be probably really important to you guys because I know you guys are probably very in tune with, okay, where do we want to, where do we want our company to be in the next three to five years? Yeah, right on. That makes sense. Well, that's on your VTO. It's on your VTO. Yeah, that's another framework or way that you can structure that. Absolutely, Jim. And for everyone who doesn't listen to every one of our episodes, the Vision Traction Organizer or the VTO is a concept from a book called Traction. It's yeah. EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. All three of us use elements of it in our business. Mm-hmm. Some follow it closer than others, but a lot of great episodes yeah, on that. I've got to read up before this week. If you hear us talk to... about L10 meetings or VTOs or, you know, there's all these acronyms. It's because we all use these concepts. Yep. There you go. So those are the eight things that I thought about what annual goals do for you. And like I said, you know, we threw out a couple tips and tricks, but this is more meant to be like motivational, like the why behind why you should sit down and do this now. Sure. So did you guys learn anything new? Any kind of yes. thoughts cross your mind? Do you have you have other things you want to throw at me, Jim? Yeah. Go ahead. Monkey wrench, go. Yeah. Go. Well, this isn't the monkey wrench, but yes, I was explaining. His monkey my, wrench was the whole I was explaining thing. The way I vision things and yeah. how I yeah. attain things through vision. I don't see myself driving a Mercedes, and that's probably why I drive a Buick. So if I <laughs> if I saw myself driving a Mercedes, I'd probably have one, but I don't. Because I don't care. Yeah, and a, you know what a I mean? nice car, man. Yeah, I no, like and, and it's funny because, oh, God, people give me crap about it all the time. Why? They've I changed their image. Yeah. Like like an old guy car yeah. or something? Yeah. Well, that's because stereotypically. Well, I got a Lincoln. That's like a, like, there should be a casket in my car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, Jim. What were you? You just wanted to talk about your Buick? What? No, I think what he was saying is like, if if I don't have some, it's probably because I didn't visualize it. Is that right, your point? Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's all about seeing it and then executing. Because when I do it in my head, it creates the roadmap for me. And then I have to just jump. I have to take a leap of faith. And then I have to go for it. I've got a bonus. Okay, this would be like a number nine. Is this, bonus. No, eight and a half. No, this is number nine. This is a full nine. And you'll <laughs> you'll actually like this one, Jim. So what I thought about what your annual goals do for you, if you were to sit down and say you've figured them all out and you've completed them, read those annual goals and think about how you feel if you were to accomplish those. Like you said, so your vision actually feeling, accomplishing and that and feeling. Think about that feeling that you have yeah. of accomplishing yeah, that's that. That's good. And if you feel really good about accomplishing that, they're probably good goals. Yeah. If you feel like, eh, I'm not excited. You probably they should They call sit that back. intuition. Yeah, too. it's part of it. Yeah. You should probably sit back and say, you know, maybe I need to redo these. Maybe they weren't lofty enough. Maybe right. they're not the right goals because they don't get me excited. And so maybe resonates. they were too lofty or maybe they're too, or maybe you're scared. Maybe that's a feeling that you have. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that resonates. Supply chain is a big deal right now. Oh my God. It's awful. It's hard to get parts. It's hard to get machines. What is going on in your world right now with supply chain, Jim? 
Well, a supply chain, I can get cutting tools, thank God, yeah. from Zangers, but I'm having a really hard time getting materials. That seems to be like a huge problem right now. Well, quite frankly, in the 41 years in business, I've never seen it so crazy. But it's about three times longer than it used to be right now to get material. You know, I think our partner Zometry has a solution for that, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. And I was going to get to that, Jason. I just got an email the other day from somebody that I know at Zometry, and they're promoting their new supplies partnership that they have. And they are offering people like myself that own machine shops, you can buy your raw material. Let's say you've got $100,000 in aluminum that you need to buy. You can buy it from Zometry. They will hold it for you at that cost. And then all I got to do is call and say, hey, man, can you ship 25% of that to me? And then it sits on my floor. And then I have 90 days, same as cash, to pay for that. So I'm pulling my inventory from Zometry. It's not scattered all over the shop floor. And it sounds like an awesome thing. It's basically like a Kanban system. What is a Kanban? I've heard that many, many times. You just described it. Is that exactly what it is? instead of you being stuck with all the inventory right now, you trigger the shipment when you need it. Well, it sounds like a fantastic idea. I know I've talked to Ryan about it already. We're ready to call Zometry next week and give them an order or at least get an RFQ for some big aluminum orders we have coming up. And as a matter of fact, you, the Metalworking Nation, can try too. And Jason, what's that landing page number? So you go to Zometry, X-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com slash making chips and you get 10% off. Sounds great. Awesome. So that's it, guys. I mean, I think that these are all, like I said, really good ways to think about your annual goals. And I just had to sit down when I was going through this episode and say, okay, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And I just went through and found, you know, figured out eight reasons why I do my annual goals. And then this little ninth thing popped in my head as a as Do we have any goals for our audience? Do we want them to do anything? Yeah, we do us? have a goal for our audience. You know, what's the best thing that the Metalworking Nation can do is engage with us. Sure. And how do they do that? You can engage with us in a couple ways. Go on iTunes, Spotify, any of the major podcast player and give us five stars and tell us what you like. Tell us your favorite episodes. You can email us. One of the other best things that you could do is share an episode with your friends. So if you have a friend, another manufacturing leader that might benefit from this episode or another episode, text it to them. They're We're all, all on these, LinkedIn. Yeah, We're all on our go. email is Nick at Making Chips, Jason at Making Chips, Jim at Making Chips. You can email us there. Here. Um, yeah. So engage we get a lot of engagement. We and do. We love it. And it really helps us structure it's future encouraging. episodes. It is. It's awesome. So with that, if you're not setting goals, you're not making chips. And if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. Thank you.